they're taking what you're saying to them, and they're hoping that you are what you talk. Let's be about everything we drop, because we're going to get tested on it. If, if, if the people on the street don't test us on it, God's going to test us on it. Kill the Mockingbird, Truth or Report, with Sean Chris and Sebastian Farr. Kick his ass, Steve Ash. Wake up! Wake up, up America! Yo, what the fuck is up, y'all? I'm your host, Sean Chris. Welcome to another episode of Kill the Mockingbird. Got my host with the most right next to me, Seabass. What's good with you, man? Man, life's been real good to me personally, uh, you know, off the off the Internet. So happy to be here. Was uh, absent a little bit last weekend, uh, but. Well, it kind of worked out because they were like not letting us go live for a little bit anyway. So. Yeah, I mean, nothing we could do. <laughs> plus, plus, like the last two times I think I'd gone live with you, it was pretty choppy. I had my internet guy come out, and apparently a squirrel chewed through the internet line. So you know, it is what it is. These things happen, I guess. But uh, ready to rock and roll here. There's plenty of news going around. Oh man, and and we got a lot of stuff that we missed a little bit because you know, like you said, we uh. Uh, unfortunately we got pushed away and plus like i started going hard on like just even on the channel and then they kind of was like hey you need to slow down so i was like ah, i'm gonna slow down a little bit so we're gonna be doing probably lives here you know what i mean i thought maybe we'll do our lives here and then i'll post on the other one if you guys don't know go to my other our other page operation uh kill the mockingbirds i'll be posting make more posts there and then here we'll just kind of try to keep it the lives i'm not even sure if we'll post the lives yet because i record them all so either way like we have them so just to kind of keep away from the censorship. I know, like, we, we still want to go at them hard, but we still don't want to get nuked and have to start all over again. <laughs> yeah, and there was almost a little little uh, carpet bombing of uh, term of service strikes that they hit with your main channel with. So, yeah, we're going to have to kind of adapt and overcome these things, but, you know, they're not going to be able to stop us. Uh, you know, our voices are... We're enjoying expressing ourselves, you know, uh, being able to be a part of the fight and uh, the, you know, completely peaceful fight, nonviolent. But, uh, you know, it's it's good to actually be here and taking a stand against all sorts of uh, forces at play that are pretty dark, honestly. Yeah, and, like, it's crazy because even when we miss a show, it feels like we haven't even done one for months because there's so much shit that comes out within a, within days that it feels like you've just, whoa, whoa, because, like, I was going through clips. Now that's what took me a little bit more because I'm like, oh, well, this happened now, and I kind of want to address this. Plus, I don't want to go too much on what everybody else is talking about. Let's start off with you. What are you, what are you digging around on? All right, so the big one that I think I've, I've – I that resonated with me and that's kind of been going through the news cycle in the last couple of days. Uh, unindicted co-conspirators in the one six cases raises disturbing questions of federal foreknowledge. One of the of all the questions asked, word spoken and ink spilled on the so-called Capitol siege of January 6, 2021. None hold the key to the entire event, quite like when Sen Senator Amy Klobuchar asked of Christopher Ray. The Democrat from Minneapolis asked the Trump-appointed FBI director, did the federal government infiltrate any of the so-called, quote, militia groups and organizations claimed to be responsible for planning and executing the Capitol siege? Christopher Wray is able, of, able to uncomfortably weasel his way out of the answer, uh, out of answering the question directly, partially because Klobuchar does, not, does him the courtesy of not asking him the question directly. Klobuchar instead asked the FBI director if he wishes he had infiltrated the, quote, militia organizations allegedly involved in 1-6. Assuming from the outset that there w was, in fact, no infiltration, thereby providing the FBI director an easy way to avoid addressing the question on uh, one way or another. And here we have uh, that. I'm sure you probably clipped it up. Uh, Tucker Carlson's uh, show last night, I think. Or no, I didn't, before. man. I didn't. But I, I haven't. And unfortunately, I haven't been watching. That story Tucker. is developing still. You're talking about the January uh, 6th, right? And the FBI. Yeah, and how they they had, uh, quote, informants and co-conspirators that they have names of that are redacted, but um, were not arrested. Wow. So it shows like there was quite a high level of infiltration into these uh, various political groups. And it just kind of harkens back to things we've said in the past on this show. It's, uh, you know, be very careful with entering these sort of groups because there's people that want to use entrapment and 
kind of bait, basically glowing bait to get you to do something stupid. And then I don't know if you saw what the New York Post uh, article today talking about uh, 9-11 that Robert Mueller covered up for the Saudis, uh, what they did in 9-11. So like what we've been saying all along is the FBI and CIA, when everybody was saying defund the police, we were saying, okay, let's not, let's put a pin in that and let's defund <laughs> the FBI and the CIA first. And then we'll see if we can address those problems. Cause I believe that we could fix community policing. There's a, tons of answers out there, but when they're governed pretty much by FBI and CIA, uh, foreign relations and uh same tactics we're gonna always fall into those traps and and again they're still not wanting to release any of the names they want yeah. everything is like so hush hush and especially when it's already been proven that 38 or 40 38 or 40 percent of the people on january 6 were let in yep i mean there's videos of it showing the cops waving or capitol police waving rioters in and even saying they were a part of it so there's a there's a lot more play here, and it doesn't get enough attention in the mainstream normie media. But at least what the least we can do here in the free media is actually have the discussions and dig a little deeper. Um, I found it pretty interesting though, because uh, what uh, harkening back to what you're saying about defunding federal uh, police organizations, uh, I believe there was a story that dropped today or yesterday. Marjorie Taylor Greene has uh, introduced legislation to abolish uh, the ATF. Oh wow! I didn't see that. I saw her, her Fauci one. Yeah, I saw her Fauci one, where the fire Fauci bill that she introduced, oh. I think, last week. I didn't hear about that one, but that I mean, good for her. So since we were gone a little bit, let me do a little recap. Uh, uh, this is my little recap. It's not exactly everything that happened, but it's a little. Uh, to me, this was the most uh, significant event that happened, and basically, they should have just called it the World Economic Forum, but it was the G seven. This year's G7 summit in Cornwall will be about how we build back better. The pandemic has been the biggest test the world has seen for generations. And as the most prominent grouping of democratic countries, the world will look to the G7 to apply our shared values and diplomatic might to the challenge of defeating the pandemic and leading a global recovery. This will be the first in-person gathering of G7 leaders in almost two years, and the UK has invited leaders from Australia, India, South Africa, and South Korea to deepen the expertise and experience around the table. This is our opportunity to set out how we respond to the global problems we all face. Improving global health, tackling climate change, giving every child in the world a quality education, and building a coalition for openness bring prosperity to our people and the world. The G7 has long been the catalyst for decisive international action. This year's summit in Cornwall will be no different. By working together, we can build back better. For a better life beyond your freedom, build back better. <laughs> yeah, so like to me, that whole G summit, that the reason was so significant to me because it is a World Economic Forum. They were all talking about World Economic Forum policies, pretty much all the whole one world government. The we need to fix everything in the world together, together. Like, it, and that's not what we want to hear. At least for me, as an American, and I think anybody else as a sovereign uh, citizen in any country, you know what I mean. You don't want this centralized government, which they're trying to shove down our throat. And I feel like I've always thought the G Summit was like that, but it just seemed this year even more overwhelmingly uh, uh, Orwellian. <laughs> yeah, in a lot of ways, um, for a lot of people who probably wouldn't know here in the States, uh, Cornwall is like a very quiet, sleepy countryside, uh, coastal area in the southwest of the UK, I believe. And um, it was just kind of crazy because they – did all this construction work and deforestation and all this stuff to set up all these facilities and, you know, outbuildings and stuff, conference centers for, for this one-off summit in a small little town in rural uh, England. And it caused massive imp uh, econ uh, economic and um, environmental damage to the area itself, which it seems highly ironic because that's what one of the bigger points of this whole globalist movement is, is uh, quote unquote climate change. Um, but 
there was a it's funny because there's big pushback from uh, the more radical left leaning environmentalist groups uh, in regards to that. And it was just kind of interesting to see how that was all playing out. Yeah, I found that's uh, what leads me into my next series of clips. Um, I talk about this uh, podcast a lot, too, on here. It's called The Propaganda Report uh, with Monica Perez. And I forgot the other guy's name, but uh, I have three clips from her. And she kind of talks, breaks down this CNN article, which kind of entangles with the G7 and what they kind of are trying to do in a bill that I think it already passed in Congress, if I believe, in the House. And uh, they're trying to push this further. And it seems to get this globalization going. Written for CNN by two congressmen, a Republican and Democrat, Jim Langevin, I think you pronounce his name, and Michael McCall. So they go on about how these cyber attacks, colonial, et cetera, are Russian, and we need to stand up to Russia, and we need to speak with one voice, and we need to coordinate with our allies, and yada, yada, yada. And I'm looking for the punchline, looking for the punchline, and then I see it. It's we need to pass the Cyber Diplomacy Act right away. So that Cyber Diplomacy Act, and that's uh, something I don't think is getting any attention or any traction anywhere. And this is the second clip where she kind of breaks it down what it actually is. And I feel like they're doing that with this in that they're making it a, quote, diplomacy act. And what they're doing is they're taking this kind of thing out of the hands of Congress. They're making it not legislative. They're making it not national. They're making it international. To me, it's straight out of the World Economic Forum. I just want to read you a couple of descriptive things about this act and tell you what I think about it and how it folds into the World Economic Forum. So... The House passed this bill in April, and it uh, I'll read you what the what the bill actually says, like the blurb when you pull the bill up, it says a couple of sentences. This bill establishes the Office of International Cyberspace Policy within the Department of State. The duties would include advising the State Department on cyberspace issues and leading diplomatic efforts on issues relating to international cybersecurity, internet access and freedom, and international cyber threats. Man, that verbiage right there is super scary because they're not. it's not just like, okay, this is going to happen for America. They're talking about setting a world precedent, like where this is like an agreement with all the countries of the world well, that are probably like in the UN and all that shit. So that's going to be... Looking, it's going to be turning what we've been saying for a long time, everything into that uh, CCP state of where there's cameras everywhere. Uh, they're already tracking us on our phones. They're, yeah, social credit score, um, keeping in line everybody. And then this last clip, she kind of like sums it up. But I really do think this is down, and, and it's not even like a, a, a conspiracy. This is literally, you can look it up. You know what I mean? It's a, a law that is being trying to be passed, and they want it to be international. They're going to implement U.S. policy to work internationally to promote open, interoperable, and secure Internet governed by, this is so World Economic Forum, a multi-stakeholder model. It also Multi-stakeholder. Multi-stakeholder. Uh, the bill also directs the president to devise a strategy related to U.S. engagement with foreign governments on international norms with respect to responsible state behavior in cyberspace. Maybe I should have uh, paraphrased all that, but it looks like they're talking about international cybersecurity, internet access and freedom, cyber threats, uh, establishing international dorms for the governments to behave and probably also to cooperate, share information. But the fact that it's going through the State Department makes me think that this is going to be highly secretive. It's going to have to do with backdoors. It's going to have to do with surveillance. It's going to have to do with information sharing. It's going to have to do with uh, censorship, controlling who can be on the Internet and who can't. And they want it at the international level. It will be out of our hands and it will control us. I, 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 it, making it look like the United States is leading the charge on this makes it look like it's going to be in our favor. But it's really it seems to me that they're just being the handmaidens of <clears throat> uh, the World Economic Forum. So it's like they're. I know that's a lot to unpack, man. But these are the clips I like of all the clips because I heard this this morning on the way to work, right? Because I was like, oh, I got to have it listen to Propaganda Report in a while. And this was literally like the first thing they talked about. And I was like, I got to clip this because I want to hear what you got to say about this. Well, dude, I have to say, I mean, one, uh, send me the link to their podcast because I want to check it out myself. Um, and two, she's good uh, at what she does. But to be honest, it was giving me chills and not in a good way um there's 
I mean, talk about slippery slopes. This can be exploited and used in the most malicious and dark ways possible where you have, uh, you know, quote, one country doing a cyber attack on another country. That country trades a political dissident from their country that they use as a patsy that they blamed on that cyber attack. Every country's authoritarian wet dream. Yeah, and, and it's perfect. Well, plus, it's so going to be easier to make, to do false flags. Like, false flags are going to be so much easier where you can just be like the, like what we're seeing with the pipelines and what we're seeing with the food shortages. With all this internet bullshit, they're going to try to, what they've always wanted to do. They want to regulate it. And that's where they're trying to push us, I think, in this country so much. And they're trying to piss us off with this censorship. Like, so we'll be like, yeah, we should pass a law where this, because... We got to understand all these social media companies right now are going to get grandfathered in somehow. They all have lawyers. Everybody does this in business. They're going to get grandfathered in somehow. And the only people that are going to get affected is anybody else trying to start a new network. So Precisely. let's let That's them keep what doing they this game. Yes, exactly. Thank you. That's exactly my point. So let's let them play this game. My thing is let's let them play this game and we'll play their game because we're on their platforms. We'll play your game because we have to, right? Because there's only so much we could do. But at the same time, we're not going to give a, we're not going to give away our freedoms because you're trying to trick us. This manipulation that they're trying to do, and that's what I believe the censorship is. They want to get us so mad that we're willing to push for laws that will take away our freedoms. Yeah, I mean it's kind of typical of you know the last few years really decades even if you look back uh it's been on various different fronts and issues but you know terrorism covid uh now it's white supremacy uh or any sort of wrong thing that comes from outside of the leftist thought bubble but uh yeah i mean i saw a comment earlier or a chat earlier saying like the internet is now it's it, this is attempting to make it 10 times worse if not a hundredfold um because there's – if they have international sort of legally binding between themselves deals like this for uh, regulations like the uh, internet speech and stuff uh, stuff like that, it's, um, it's going to be pretty Orwellian to say the least. Oh, for sure. Probably worse. <laughs> and, but I think that we would like – even though like we point out these uh, negative aspects that are in our life – to me, there's still a lot of uh, positive things. Like uh, I did a show the other, like last night, with this guy uh, Clint Russell from uh, Liberty Lockdown. Great podcast. Oh, nice. uh, uh, had a great conversation. He's a libertarian, and he was talking to me. Gave me a lot of hope because he's talking about. Wasn't he on Tim Pool? Yeah, he was also on Tim Pool oh, the other sh- night too. Yeah, yeah. Nice job, dude. Yeah, <laughs> cool dude. Solid. Like he's kind of just like us, you know. And just like was like, man, these lockdowns started, and he's like. And I got to say something, right? So he started his podcast, started uh, picking up waves and stuff. And I was telling him, like, you know, I think it's because people are looking for genuine people. They want to hear information, but they don't want to hear these fake newscasters. They want to hear the real truth as much as possible. And what he was telling me and giving me hope was, was he was talking about, like, hopefully, like, Dave Smith, the comedian. He's a libertarian who's very intelligent, uh, pretty popular, has access to all kinds of networking. You know what I mean? That can really get his name out there. That maybe he'll run for 2024. And for me personally, I know a lot of people want like DeSantis and they like Trump. For me personally, my values, I would super uh, go for him because not only do I like him, but the people that I like, like Ron Paul and Tom Woods and, you know, people I respect. And like Clint, like I respect their opinions in the libertarian movement. They're the only reasons that kind of make me kind of want to go back to libertarianism. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, okay, yeah, that's what I thought it was. This other stuff that I've been seeing the last pretty much since Ron uh, was not promoting anymore, was this, I don't know, they started getting really woke. They don't, and they're all over the place. And I think they're trying to rail them in. And it would be nice to see, and I was saying, it would be nice to see, though, that uh, the Libertarian Party grow and not just have a presidential candidate. I'd like to see some mayors, you know what I mean? Some uh, city councilmen, some senators uh, in the House. You know, we I think we only have one House, right? Uh, House representative, what, Thomas Massey? Yeah, but then there's like every um, state has their own uh, assemblies as well. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, stuff, a lot to play for in the political game. And it, it needs to be addressed because uh, people get comfortable in their lives and kind of sedentary and they're really slipping on or they were slipping on being involved, especially at the localist level, like your school boards. Uh, but fortunately, we're seeing a lot of people standing up now and kind of uh, – speaking out against it especially uh crt and the masking of kids 
CRT being critical race theory. Yeah, and for sure. And you're seeing everybody because, like, I've said it on this show many times and I've said it on other shows, and you know, I'll, you'll probably hear me say it tons of times. To me, if you're po- promoting that, you're saying that white people are, are superior to somebody, and I don't, th- I, don't know, I don't agree with that. I don't think someone's inferior or superior because of how they look or who, how they're, you know, their culture, or whatever. Like to me, it all depends on the person that the person is not superior in any way. They may have techniques or gifts or talents that we may not have, but we do too. So I think we got to stop with this whole looking at things equally because we're unique individuals. I think it's so sad that we have to boil it down. Like we're some like faceless, like, I don't know if you've seen those Lego, uh, the new Lego, like it's the pride month. None of them have faces like the, the, the Kamala Harris cookies, no face. Like they want us to be this blank. Uh, we're all the same. We're not. And that's the beautiful thing. Like we're not supposed to be the same. It would be such a fucking Every, boring life. Everyone has an individual fingerprint as the feds well and truly know. So, I mean, we, the thing is, it's so clearly a tool to use uh divide and conquer tactics. You know, they're trying to group everyone by their, uh, you know, the most uh, in, uh, extrinsic quality that they're born with and can't change. So they want to, you know, they want to create strife and division and hatred because then the attention is not on them. <laughs> yeah. So to change it up a little bit, let's uh, let's check in with our boy up in the White House. See how he's doing. What is he doing when he talks to the press? How does he go? <laughs> uh, former President Biden. I'll take your questions, and as usual, folks, they gave me a list of the people I'm going to call on. So, uh, Jonathan. Did you hear what he said? He said, like I normally do, they give me a list of people. I (laughs) He said that a couple times now. Like, and then with all the times the the White House press corps has, or the the White House itself has to put out a, a separate statement saying, you know, oh, we have to correct what the president said. You know, it's not our official stance. Who the f- who the hell's in charge here? Well, it's not. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's not Biden. <laughs> well, that's the, the thing. When you get a geriatric fuck, he's not going to be able to pretend about the plan. He's too lost. He doesn't. He barely. Did you see them? They're guiding him everywhere. Like he's he he's mixed ruining up their Libya plan. In Syria, three <laughs> three to four times in ninety seconds. And he like, called Putin Trump. <laughs> honestly, it's really sad. It's like yeah, it is sometimes watching the other world leaders dab on Biden. Like. That was like tantamount to elder abuse, honestly. Man, sometimes when he's out there, I do think that. Like, I even do, even though I know he's a piece of shit, but it's like, I don't know, man. It's like a car crash. Like, you know what I mean? When you're watching it, like, no matter who's in that car at that moment, you're just like, oh, man. Like, you feel for them, but like, you can't. You're like, oh. And man, the dude just puts his foot in his mouth, but not even just that. He already used to do that, but now with his dementia and he's so, man, he, he, he cracks me up, though. I always tell people, I said, man, I, I thought we got once in a lifetime when we got George W. Bush. I was like, there's no way that there's going to be a stupider president. There's, it's impossible. And, man, two in a, man, two in a lifetime, that's saying something, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's unbelievable, really, because I agree with you. Uh, as much as he was kind of uh, pretty pretty slow sometimes in certain situations— he had, he had his lovable side, you know, being kind of um, relatable to a lot of country folk and like the Texas vibe. But with Biden, it's just there's nothing there. There's nothing to him. It's just a corporate, uh, you know, lackey that's been a career politician for 40 plus years. But the beautiful thing is that he fucks up so much that. It, sh- it exposes so much shit. And when we try to get our message out, it just resonates with people more because they can see it. It's not like when you have a good spokesperson that's really good at their job, it's difficult for people like me and you to get truth out there because they're very good with the media combined. They know they bounce, they balance it together. And and it, it's a process like that. That's why when I said I put that post a day after that we found out Biden was going to be president, I said, man, this might be a blessing in disguise. And whether it gets turned over or not, that's a whole different discussion. But I'm just saying because now people – because you're seeing leftists. You're seeing – right. everybody is seeing this everything center stage. You're able to look at it and be like, wow, yeah, it is pretty corrupt, huh? Like – 
I, I think that's a common thing. Like, I know it's been for a while, but I think everybody thinks that. Like, there's not nobody that's like, yeah, I don't know, man. They may only say it's the left or they may only say it's the right. But pretty much everybody knows that our government's fucked up. It's corrupt. There's a bunch of cronies involved that just push corporate corporatist values. And that's what we see. We see our infrastructure going to shit. Like, here's a little clip. I'm sure you're maybe experiencing this soon. The situation is so dire in Texas and California, power grid operators urging residents to conserve power to avoid rolling blackouts. I already got people uh, telling me about the rolling blackouts uh, in Cali, Southern California, and in Texas. It's 109 degrees here today, so yeah. And they're telling us, and they're telling everybody, hey, can you conserve the energy in the middle of the day when it's the hottest? And the problem is. I understand conserving because there's no, but the problem is we shouldn't be in this situation. We haven't fixed the infrastructure since the 60s, 70s, maybe 70s. The, 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 the latest, we, we have the same power lines that, that were designed for cities maybe of 2 million and now providing for 50 million. You know what I mean? Like they never changed the infrastructure. And I feel like part of the cronyism that has been involved in that not everybody that's in part of the deep state, but people that are just kind of just there. They are just kicking the can down the road. Like, oh, man, I don't want to be the guy that exposes this because then they're going to point at me. Everybody's scared that nobody has a spine anymore. And they just keep kicking this can down the road. And our infrastructure is something they don't want to talk about. It's almost like they want to have an economic collapse or some kind of civil war to hide these problems that we've had for decades that have need that needed to be addressed. It's bigger than just some climate change. You think climate change is bad? Why we need to fix <laughs> not only will like it destroy everybody's power, but you're talking about things collapsing and causing fires in California and maybe deserts in Arizona, you know what I mean? And big cities losing hospitals, people all this shit. And during these hot heat waves, like you said, 109, my buddy uh, was in, is in Arizona. It's 115 over there. Like it's a hot motherfucker. Like it's summertime. And these are not things we don't know about, but they don't plan for them because they don't give a shit. They're too busy playing politics, too busy diddling with uh, different either kids or fucking corporatists. And, and, and they're all stuck in this little puppet mindset of either, like you said, little lackeys to well, whatever you want me to do, boss. Like, you know, I'm here for you. Or they're just undermining the uh, freedoms of the American citizens. And at what point are more people like more conservatives, more liberals, more uh, libertarians, independents, non-voters going to be like, what the fuck? This is bullshit. We need to change this shit. And we still have the opportunity right now. It's bad. But we could fix it and we can put it into a prosperous way for all of us because once the people oh, be a massive job builder. Massive. But the Biden administration, like you, you've seen it, like with their proposed, uh, you know, uh, stimulus spending and um, other bills that they're trying to print out so much money. And what does it go to? It goes to pork barrel spending. It doesn't actually go to solving any sort of problems. It doesn't go to fixing water pipes and cities like Flint, Michigan, it doesn't go to replacing aging above ground or above ground power lines here in California, which, you know, PG&E is supposed to take responsibility for Pacific Gas and Electric. And they, you know, they don't do it because uh, they've already lost so much money on all the wildfires that they've caused by having outdated uh, electrical equipment. So it's, you know, a disgusting self-repeating cycle. And, you know, PG&E lobbied hard and donated money to Gavin Newsom. I'm going to highlight this because it. I think this is where we heard them in the recall, but um, especially if there's big fires and if PG&E is involved, whoo, Gavin, you're, you're toast. But uh, he, he got a kickback from PG&E and they eventually got a lawsuit uh, or a fine ordered, uh, a court ordered fine for them to pay to the state uh, rescinded of like 240 million. So, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, there's a real world example to what you're saying. You know, the the elitists in government are in bed with the elitists and the corporations. And, and they just play this game. And then when they see the public mad, they throw them a bone, whether it be some kind of stimulus, whether it be some kind of program. And then they create enemies within us. And I know that there a time and time we could say, like, we know that there is other problems. There is problems in a society in general that we always are going to have to address and try to adjust. There's going to be new problems that we're going to have to adjust. That's not the problem that we're talking about. Those are things I know that as people, we can iron those out. 
without like a constant press, to, uh, you know, a press telling us like, oh, you're this is your enemy. That's not your enemy. Know your enemy. Your enemy is the state. And it, it it's, can be a friendly foe where they kind of like we have a like you said, we want to have like a peacefulish revolution where we can go, hey, let's discuss things. We're shrinking the government no matter what. But this is what we think. And boom, boom, all the people. We do our part because that is part of how our government is supposed to work is us, the people. So we have to come back because how long are we going to let this drunk driver behind the wheel keep driving? Like, well, so we're going to risk our life while this guy just recklessly drives. I'm going to tell you, pull the fuck over, man, before I fuck you up, because I don't want to well die <laughs> for, uh, driving the school bus drunk, too. They're getting paid yeah. really well. <laughs> and we can't allow that anymore. And I think that. The beautiful thing is that they're exposing themselves. All this shit they keep saying, like I keep seeing time and time again. Yeah, there's fanboys and there's fan people that are going to jump all over one side or the other. But for the most part, people are like, I don't care right now. I think that at of any time in my history, I feel like this is a point where maybe a third party could actually get traction. Maybe not win, but actually make enough noise to where that we could start making change and and, and getting enough of a, a big platform to where we can get that traction moving. Maybe it won't be 2024 because we don't have to, I don't want to set goals like of why oh, it has to be this year. It has to, it's to me it's the ultimate goal of turning back the, the the destruction of what these globalist elite have done to our country and to the world. It's not even just our country, man. Like it, we have to think of it like that. Like Canada's fucked up right now. You know, New Zealand, man. You know, like like everywhere. Like they're they're constantly. And this is not even. And this is just what happened in 2020. Not to mention all the wars, like you said, like the imperialism, the 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 useless of stealing of uh different minerals and uh. Uh, natural resources in all types of countries in all types of years and all powerful countries do this. I'm not blaming it on it, but that's the problem. And because the people feel comfortable and we do get comfortable because things are cool in our lives. So we don't, we kind of turn a blind eye sometimes, you know, we're like, ah, yeah, that's kind of fucked up. But uh, I mean, my life's good, but now that it's affecting us, I think it, it should wake up enough people to see that we can make a change, but only if we find core values. We need to find core values, like, not this, like, hey, uh, like, no, no, real core values of, like, okay, don't kill each other. You know what I mean? Like, uh, live peacefully. Like, what we can see as core values so that we can keep pushing No violent color revolutions, please. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. The communist shit is just, is always baffles me that. And they peddle it from the oh media to the World Economic Forum. It's it's disgusting. And just to go back to um, just how out of touch the, you know, the G7 and all that is. Let me ask you something. Would you trust a world leader who does have a kid or does not have a kid? I, I would think that I would have to try to trust the one with the kid because maybe they have like more to more perspective. More now. stake in the future. Stake you know, and, beyond and just their own lifetime. And, and more perspective because now maybe like yeah. with the kid, they may, they may think differently or feel different. It doesn't always change people, but sometimes it changes people into a positive way or sometimes negative. Yeah, exactly. And it can kind of reflect on the content of character uh, from one generation to another. I mean, Harkening on to the leaders of G7, Angela Merkel, no kid. Um, Emmanuel Macron, no kid. Boris Johnson, no kids. His potential or his fiance of several years has a kid, but so he's like a quote stepdad, I guess. Kamala Harris is a stepmom, I guess. And Joe Biden's got Hunter Biden. So, I mean, just the ragtag bunch of these guys who have no real stake in the game and are just looking to make a, a career out of it and make a big buck uh, so they can retire happily in their chateaus. Yeah, because they can live their 20, 30, 40, whatever years left they have before yeah. everything is into this complete, like, because I don't think... Well, any, they'll be safe from it anyways. That's what I'm... True, but the beginning stages, but it's going to take a while because people, no matter what, when they really start to try to enforce stuff, like... Little by little, they're, they're not they can only trick us for so long. Like even the people that are like very naive and the people that don't want like they, they, they can only push so much anybody. And I believe that at some point there will be resi- more resistance right now. It's kind of still not that much in your face. Like people are like, ah, I'm shy, whatever. It's not that bad. I have masks. That's not that bad to people. I still a little too like secure right now. Yes. It's so not, there's it's not affecting everyone directly yet. Co- correct. And, and like for me, I'm just like. Always like, no, 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 anything against my freedom. Like, I'm I'm a little bit kind of a little bit 
not far. I'm far whatever it is, but like I'm, my beliefs to the core, I'm like, well, no, no, no. You're no, a big no. L libertarian in some ways. Yeah, yeah. I'm more like, whoa, whoa, whoa. My freedom, liberty? No, 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 no. Like any aspect, like even if it's probably good for me, I'm still like, whoa, whoa, whoa I need to know why you're going to do this. And I question everything. I'm not going to allow that. But people are trying to play the game. But at some point, they're going to uh, break. Yes. Boiling the frog. Absolutely. Yes. From, from that uh, listener. Spot on. And it's just like Yuri Bezmenov said, you know, it's uh, ongoing psychological subversion, normalization, all the key buzzwords that he brought forth in his interviews. Uh, if you haven't seen him, I know a lot of people have probably by now, but if you haven't seen him, I'd say highly recommend to go you know, educate yourself on Yuri Bezmenov. I, you reminded me, but uh, not of that, but I forgot to actually clip it. That Jordan Peterson clip that uh, uh, James from We The People Radio posted and then you reposted it. I love that because it's right. We should be a monster. I, I forgot to clip it, man. When you said, I was like, damn, that's what I forgot. Because uh, I it's love right. that. that, that we'll get it next time. It's yeah, good. we got to get it. Yeah, because what he's telling you is that, like, everybody's telling you, you know, you got to be a nice, kind, sweet person. You can be empathetic, but you need to be a monster. You need to go after your dreams, your goals, protect. You need to be an alpha male. Be a, be a male. Be competitive. Be in this world to make, to make it innovative. You don't want this boring vanilla world where we're just mindless drones doing what we're told because eventually there will be no innovation. The only innovation they want is from AI, which is who knows how that will turn out. It could be good. It could not even... It could I saw fall. a really dystopian article the other day. It was from like some really dyed-haired uh, communist leftist, but she was some sort of blogger and was saying that, oh, AI is going to be what brings in the communist utopia. Marx never could have even dreamed of the world that AI could create and shit like that. I was like, uh, like I couldn't even read the whole thing. It was just so, so like otherworldly, you know, just to have that sort of cognitive dissonance to think like you can surrender this level of power and be committed to a cult-like environment and then not see that you're going to be put up against the wall amongst the first people. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't even see the writing on the wall. Like you're the first one to go. Like, cause you started a revolution and they're like, well, these kind of people start revolutions. So I don't want these people around. Cause they may start another revolution once they don't like what I'm saying. Whoa. They said that's Elon's girlfriend. Oh, Wait, that are they, is that a side conversation? That might be a side conversation. I gotta look at. I gotta look if I can find that article and see who wrote it. But I don't really want to look for it again. <laughs> Rhymes, Elon Musk. Yeah. Well, did you see? Um, uh, that a lot of losing a little buzz. I watched the whole series that Sweet Tooth on Netflix. That hybrid humans. Um, it's a little series. It's pretty crazy, man. And it's very eerie. It's like a 2009 comic book, and it was filmed in 2019. And it's crazy because there's scenes where people are wearing masks and the whole thing is there's this sick, it's called the sick and, uh, massive humans are dying from it and massive people are, uh, then all of a sudden they're cause science created these hybrid humans and then people are blaming the hybrid humans like for the disease, but nobody knows why it's caused. But in one scene, it's crazy that like the, the guy and one of the hybrid humans, they meet these people and they're in their cabin. And they all have masks on. And and mind you, they've, like, again, this is the second episode, and they filmed it in 2019. They have masks on, and they're, like, just, like, talking, like, and he goes, you know, I don't have the sick. He's like, have you guys been out of this place? Like, you know, have you been around? No, no. He's like, and they don't carry it. He's like, you can take, yeah, that's what he told him. Have you been quarantined in this and that? He's like, you could take the mask off. And it, it was just crazy because, like, the, if I heard the word quarantine, I wouldn't think so much suspect because we've heard that word that's been, you know, introduced in a lot of movies. But the whole mass thing, that that is crazy. That is we never saw that before until 2020. Unless you well, saw like kind of, Japan and, it was and kind China of in uh, Hong Kong, Taiwan yeah. and Chinese major big cities in Japan too, but it wasn't like a super common thing. It was honestly it was just for if people had a, a cold and they needed to go to work still. Because they're pretty hardworking people, despite what uh, the critical race theorists will say. <laughs> yeah, and I, it's it is a, a predictive programming, and it, and I've been watching a lot of Netflix kind of like that. I mean, people go, well, "How can you enjoy it?" So I go, "I don't know," because like I guess because I have an inquiring mind, so I like to figure out why people do things. And it is interesting. I heard there this other series. It's a British series. 
I still haven't found it yet. It's called, I guess it's called Utopia or something. And it's also about it's also about some virus, uh, you know, and it's pre-2020, but it's like similar um, to what we've seen. And it is a lot of programming. I think also it's programming for the fear because I think the main part of it to me is to keep people in fear, just like they did with terrorism. It was exactly the same thing, in my opinion, that they riled everybody up and they kept ramping things up. Like after the 9-11 attack, there was just these little ones where the shoe bomber, we still have to take our shoes off at the airport. There was one shoe bomber. Yeah. No, no other ones have been found. Uh, there there was like... that was a false flag or not. Who I mean... Knows? We don't know, but it it had the uh, the look of it. Somebody with a foot fetish created yeah. that false flag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's stuff we got to keep. Wa- I, I like to watch the TV too, because uh, I mean, like a lot of the movies too, because maybe we could find some things in there before instead of after. A lot of times it sucks because we find it after because we don't figure it out, and maybe we could get more into that. And we got to figure out ways to fight, not just fight back, because information's good. And we can't just necessarily get everybody on our side because not everybody believes what we're saying. You know what I mean? So we have to find unique ways of getting our messages across. And I think TV helps. I think the uh, breaking shit down helps sometimes. And all that stuff is, like, just important. We say, hey, guys, seriously, check out. Oh, I'll check them out for sure. If you could, man, just shoot me the link in my DM. That would be, like, much appreciated because I love to check just out. Just in case we people. forget. Cause... Yeah. Who knows how long we'll run for tonight? We're, yeah. we're it's it's going good so far. I'm enjoying this episode. Well, let's uh, lighten the mood a little bit with a little. Uh, a little I didn't want to go on uh, one point with yeah, the go chimera. For it. It's funny how Alex Jones was dead on right about that a few years back. I thought he was crazy. I thought that was because he was very committed to that, and I was like, that's the one point that I was like, kind of like, dude, he is a little nuts. I agree yeah. with a lot some of the things he says, but then phew, here we are today. <laughs> So here's a little bit of uh, 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 our comedy routine. The idea is we hold these truths self-evident that all men and women, we haven't lived up to it completely, but we've always widened the, the arc of commitment. We're traveling to another dimension, a dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind, a journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. That's what it feels like we're in it. Like, cause now what I've been watching the news, what I hear a lot is, uh, it's going to be a violent summer. It's going to be a violent summer. It's a violent summer. Now this many people died. Like it's, it's now they're ramping up. It seems like the same blueprint we saw last year of, uh, ramping up, uh, racial tensions, ramping up, uh, ideology, ideology and culture tensions, uh, they're bouncing back and forth. It looks like they're going to uh, critical race theory, then to maybe the Palestine-Israel uh, conflict, then going to uh, the January 6th stuff. Uh, it, it seems like they keep jumping around, and then they dabble a little bit of climate change here and there. So I think like one of our predictions we made early on uh, this year is coming to tr- uh, fruition is that there is a lot more violence because they're cutting back the police. Um, they're letting people just kind of go free. And have free range. And I think they're really trying. And I actually heard someone I always I don't really like too much. But I did hear this clip from her on Tucker. uh, Candace Owens. And I agree with her. 100% where she was talking about. I think the whole point of this. Is to make police quit. uh, Make the neighborhoods worse. So that we could federalize the police force. Another centralized thing. And then attached with these new uh, government things. Where they're trying to make it global initiatives. It just it's it's a recipe for disaster. Well, uh, it kind of ties into what an, a crazy story that I read this last week. I think it was in the last couple of days, but a corporation by the name of BlackRock, I guess, has been buying up houses uh, all across the world, and they want to turn us into a nation of renters. Mm-hmm. You will own nothing, and you will be happy, says the World Economic Forum. And, and, and Mike Bloomberg said that, right? Bloomberg said that <laughs> I see that we should be a country of renters. Yeah, because they want to be the ones collecting rent. Yeah. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, it's totally obvious. I and that's the thing. If you've been, you know, out on this like the rental scene yourself for a while, you'll know. Especially here in California, it's very competitive and pricey. But it's tough, and it's tough to get out of it unless you get like you have a really good job and a good source of income, and you get lucky enough to team up with someone, maybe a partner um, or a family member. But 
the the dream is always for everyone. I mean, they wanted to absolutely destroy the American dream with this, like of actually owning your own land, your own house that you can say is yours and pass on to your kids. And even another thing that came up too is Biden's wanting to increase uh, an inheritance tax. Yeah, on basically the lower and middle classes, and and just more, uh, you know, security for them to keep everyone down and not have any sort of uh, economic. Uh, mobility and and sean 87 had uh he took my point because i heard that earlier blackrock is a seven trillion dollar hedge fund seven trillion dollar hedge fund and and they're yeah and them the fed the central banks and the w uh you know the world economic forum that is what is the new and the new think tanks those are what is controlling and, and getting the information to everybody and trying to push this technocracy onto everybody where we need cameras everywhere, where we need more um, cyber things. And we need that if you've seen the attack on Bitcoin right now, too, the attack on Bitcoin, I believe, is so that they can get their centralized cryptocurrency. And they've already pumped up the Fed again to where the Fed is getting astronomical numbers again, like where it's just unbelievable. It's just they're printing money and they're trying to compete with Bitcoin and they're trying to do what they can with the Elon Musk and other people that they've uh, obviously are there to sabotage one way or another, whether with the elite of, you know, deep state or just for being an asshole. Uh, They don't want us to have our decentralized currency. They really want it to be centralized. And I think that's the push we're going to see this next Biden's reign, whether he stays or not. I think that's going to be the push we see internationally where people are going to be wars are going to be started over Bitcoin and in cryptocurrencies. So you'll see maybe wars because people don't want to take the dollar and or they want to take Dogecoin or XRP or whatever. And I think we're going to see that that's going to be in our future because now that's the new oil. Precisely. It's going to be sort of uh, Gaddafi and Libya-esque, really, when he went away from accepting uh, the U.S. dollar in favor of the euro for uh, his raw crude oil that he was exporting from his country. And frick, I mean, look at where that went. <laughs> and now I got a two, two-parter for you. Uh, Eric Clapton, I like Eric Clapton, and he was uh, speaking out a little bit. I got two little short clips of him kind of talking about this whole COVID and kind of like the freedom in, in, in the press, how they handled everything. So here's the first clip where he's more breaking down like the media, and I thought it was pretty good, especially because like maybe he's not as relevant today, but in his time, you know, he was one of the best ever. So for the, the more people that have higher statures to speak out of these things, it's beautiful for me. You know, I've, I've caught this anxiety syndrome. I have it bad. And uh, I don't have it as bad as I had maybe two or three weeks ago when I was devoutly following the six o'clock and the 10 o'clock news or talk radio or trying to get, find someone who's speaking a language that I can uh, identify with. Um, and But now I've stopped watching TV. One of the cartoons was a a little drawing of a a guy interviewing two Quakers and saying, how come none of your community has got COVID? And they said, well, we don't watch TV. (laughs) It's so true, man. So much of the sickness is is in in our heads now. Uh, We've become weak. And he's right, man. It's the constant media like because it's not just cnn you could turn off the tv now but now it's on your you plug your phone in you know you go in your car the radio you go on any social media which almost everybody goes on social media constantly you're gonna see these headlines these ones that they want you to see you're not gonna see thomas mess uh 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 uh, messy talk about like not wanting to take the vaccine you're not gonna see uh Things that are going against their agenda, even though they're being said. That's why programs like us and other programs are great. These outsourced like Tim Cast, uh, No Agenda, we could go on forever. But all these Lotus alt- Eaters, I'll shout out Lotus Eaters. Oh yeah, there you go. And the Brits, they're good. And uh, all these people are important because that's how we have to get information now. Because our media is tainted completely, one hundred percent. Last year. If you didn't realize that the media is full of shit, then you weren't paying attention at all 
And even if you weren't paying attention, you still should have realized that because of the hysteria that they were able to work people into when they were able to get, oh, man, see, this guy, Sean, man, see, see the people that spell their name S-E-A-M, man, they got all, oh, he's got Whitney Webb, you know, about everything, man. We got a <laughs> great minds, great yeah, names. <laughs> but the next clip, he kind of talks about the freedom aspect of it, and he talks a little bit about um, what the media was doing and how they were kind of like dividing us in a way. If we're talking about freedom of speech, freedom of movement, freedom of choice with the vaccine, for instance, then um, the opposite of that is what we're experiencing. If, if you take that away, what we're experiencing that disturbs me most is coercion. It's, it's that, and to see her celebrities, especially what really got me was ethnic minority celebrities guilt-tripping their own community. That broke my fucking heart and made me so angry. I have a lot of friends in that part of the world, and uh, to see them preyed on like that is just so. There, it step, that's where it steps into sadism for me. The the photographs of the people on buses with masks on, saying, "Don't let their sacrifice be in vain." Phew. He's right. That the, the peer pressure and the guilt trip. That was been put on. That's still being put on us now for the vaccine, but all last year for him, we're not wearing a mask or not wanting to uh, to say any question, questioning the narrative whatsoever. You were considered a piece of shit, uh, a grandma killer, and that's not a way that you give transparency to the people. That's just the way you manipulate them to do what you want. Precisely. I mean, it's just the carrot and stick approach, and sometimes the carrot is laced with guilt. And they take you down the guilt trip and they try and play up the victim mentality um, and play on the heartstrings. And because it works, it works. We're emotional creatures. You know, that's kind of a unique thing to, I know there's animal, definitely animals have emotions too. But what I'm saying is like, we have it on such a deeper level, at least um, that, you know, the propaganda for them is effective. It just, it just takes a little time. It takes more research. You have to realize what the intent is behind it. And where what they're trying to tell you. Another key thing is what's going. What like why are they showing you this? There's a lot of other things going on, and I think there's a lot of distraction as well. Um, sometimes I feel like the the audits right now is a little bit of a distraction from us from a lot of things. Yeah, I do too. But you know, I want them to go full force yeah. with it and dig until their nails bleed. Um, in every county, in every state, and of the whole country, but. I mean, we got to keep in mind there's a lot more going on in the world than just that. Yeah, definitely. And and then uh, to 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 round this out, I I was just like, let's just play uh, some Malcolm X real quick because it sums up better than I could say. Uh, he says it perfectly. Never let your enemy tell you how how uh, how many of you there are. Never let the man that you're against form your opinion. This is the trick that's played on everyone who's oppressed. The first thing, an occupation, uh, when you have a revolution in the country, the first thing you take over is the radio. And then you start telling the people that everybody, the war is over. And, 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 and so all of them surrender. No, they believe that thing right there. And once they take that over, they start telling you uh, where you are and where they are, and you fall right in line. It's plain thought control. The majority of the American people aren't segregationists that the majority of the American people aren't imperialists, but the government is, the structure is, the power faction is. So what, how, how then do all the majority go along with it? Because those who sit in power over the television, over the radio, and over the press is constantly telling those who are the masses how free they are. And that's it. They're telling us about freedom. And don't tell me about freedom. Show me, man. Words are cheap to me. And I see you taking them away. We've constantly seen you know, my whole life, your whole life, constantly freedom. We didn't get more freedoms. Every year we get less. It's funny, though. Um, this is very related uh, to to that, that piece about the radio. Because, I mean, even today I'm driving home from work, um, listening to the radio, and there's this news bulletin. It's like, oh, restrictions have been lifted in your area and saying, like, Oh, but there's all these other regulations now. If you're not vaccinated, you can go 
into so-and-so-and-so-and-so place without a mask, but there are still places you need to wear a mask. But if you're not vaccinated, you need to wear a mask everywhere. However, small businesses are allowed to let people in without masks, but they can choose to mandate masks if they want. I mean, that's not lifting restrictions at all. (laughs) No, not at all. And it's just trying to make this second-class citizen. Like, that's what they're trying to do. And and here's yeah. the ad perfectly like you said an ad I don't got a radio this was on TV but it's a uh, Michigan this was this is what airs out here and this is that propaganda piece that they're trying to do. We asked people in Michigan why they got the COVID nineteen vaccine. Because I am pregnant and we wanted to protect our baby boy. I believe in the science. Protect my friends and help our community. And I'm ready to get back to somewhat normal. I want to hug my grandma again. COVID-19 vaccines are tested for safety and trusted by doctors. Find a vaccine near you at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. See, I wanted them to do a real commercial where someone was like, hey, why'd you get the vaccine? Because my work made me. <laughs> like, you know what I Because mean? you told me I had to. <laughs> like, that's the real reason. Like, it's just stupid. Like, they, there's not, there is people like that that do really think that, um, you know, that they're doing the right thing, the righteous thing. But most likely it's out of fear, you know. But a lot of it is this peer pressure shit. It's so funny that we were taught this our whole lives and this is what's affecting a lot of people. And it's weird because you would think me, like, I party a lot, but I've never really, I don't like peer pressure. If I, if I don't want to do it, I'm not going to do it, you know. And you're seeing a lot of people who are falling into that trap of, man, you want to be a piece of shit or, or, or just like, oh, I want to fly. Well, wait until they make you do it. Like, why do you, you're giving in, you're not even fighting. You're just like going, oh yeah, it's cool. Ah, uh, you know, yeah. like, well, you gotta do what you gotta do, you know? It, why? Yeah. If that's like, your, yeah. If it's your reasoning to, to go for international travel, that is why you're justifying to get the vaccine at least wait until they make a vaccine mandate uh, for international travelers because they're not at the moment. Damn, it looks like they're cutting us off. Man. <laughs> it says a minute 43 left, man. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, uh, uh, I did see one quick comment I'll, I'll address. Uh, there was good news in California with the judge, uh, I forget his name, uh, overruling the assault weapons ban. So, you know, just a little happy moment here at the end to kind of round things out. And, you know, we're going to uh, – you can catch us on Apple and Spotify. Like, we'll be posting on our other page, Operation Kill the Mockingbirds. Uh, we'll try to do some live still here. Uh, I'm not sure about posting it yet because I'm trying to see, like, try to stay low on the radar, kind of uh, stay off that shit. But I figure if we could do lives because obviously – maybe because I made it private, so they might not let me uh, do as long lives anymore. But appreciate y'all. And, you know, you can always catch us. We post all of them, any, whether we do it live and if we post it on uh, Instagram or not, it will always be on Apple, Spotify, and all, uh, you know, platforms. And then, yeah, you know, just wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up. Birds over the chimney tops will stray. South is a drug, they say some stay here in the lilac tree.
I could 